to do that with our good friend who covers the Eagles. Does a great job covering the Philadelphia Eagles as well as the NFL, the best in the business. Of course, our Eagles insider, John McMullen. Great follow on Twitter, at JF McMullen, also host of Saturday's Extending to Play right here on AM 1490 Sports Bending Radio. Johnny Mack, how are you, my friend? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Rich. Well, I always appreciate a couple moments. Uh, listen, I think there's so many layers here to uh, peel off, but let's. It, it's very easy to get on the quarterback today. I want to get your thoughts overall on the performance of the head coach last night, Doug Peterson, and what in the world was he thinking? All this talk that was leaked out about Jalen Hurts getting so many more reps and more action in a game, and he's in there for one play, albeit – a six-yard completion, he's pulled, Carson comes in, and it's a sack. So give me your thoughts right now. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous on the head coach and, and, and the game last night. Well, it was two plays, so let's be fair to Doug. He did come in later for a running play, but uh, it was two plays total, which has been uh, kind of the way they've used Jalen Hurts, which is a waste of time, and it's been that way all season. So it kind of tells me two things. Hey, the leaking wasn't coming from Doug Peterson. He doesn't want to play this guy. He right. doesn't want to play this kid, uh, number one. And, and uh, the second part is you have an owner and a general manager who are sticking their nose into things and probably shouldn't, and, and we're finally getting to this point. I've talked about it for a number of years, Rich. I, I've been I've been waiting for this to happen ever since the Super Bowl. Typically, coaches try to seize power. Doug Peterson never did. Uh, but at some point when you start to have personnel issues, well, the natural inclination is to want to be involved with those issues to try to fix them. And here we are. Doug's not involved with them, and he knows he's got bad personnel. Uh, and these two yahoos are trying to say a, a rookie quarterback who's never played before is the answer, or right. at least trying to spin it that way. So, yeah, I don't think he's happy right now, and he's doing what he wants to do. And if he gets fired, he gets fired. He'll be unemployed for about 30 minutes. I was about to say about five minutes. You're right. What well, Again, it... Is the play calling, which has been very suspect at times, I mean, you're selling Miles Sanders as one of your best offensive weapons, which he's a heck of a running back, and yet he doesn't get a ton of catches. When the wide receivers get open at times, balls are thrown behind him, or they're not getting separation, or they're they're dropping the football. You know, they're they're not they're not completing the play. Uh, they're not executing. You got the offensive line that's given up six sacks. I mean, as a whole, you talk about this team being void of some weapons, but then ultimately. Look, I look at some of these plays last night, and again, I know it's 2020, and I know he lived and died on being aggressive a couple years ago. But the way the offense was last night, you know, you have an opportunity to make a one-score game. I would have kicked a field goal. Instead, they go for it on fourth down. It turns out to be an interception thrown by Wentz. I just... You know, it, it's it's just I guess it's a it's a snowball effect with this team, right? But my thing is, if Doug is consistently aggressive over the past four, you know, three, four years, then I guess you got to live with that call last night. I, I wouldn't have done it, though, in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I asked him the question after the game, well, why did you go for it and what did you see on the play? And essentially, you're right. I mean, you know, and, and I always talk about results, and fans don't judge play calling. They judge results. They're happy when that works, and, and when they're a good team, they would convert these. And now that they're not a good team, they don't convert them. It was a good play. It was a good play. It was there. 
and 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 the frustration and this is what i say to fans is you're criticizing the wrong thing the criticism should be why is carson wentz and dallas goddard not on the same page in week 12 now it each took credit for the mistake so we don't know who it was but one of them uh did something wrong because the play was there and they should have converted. And these are veteran players. And, and then you fast forward. You remember that red zone yep. blitz that Jamal Adams had, Rich? Uh, that that was that play call was a wide receiver screen that would have worked. Except Jalen Rager didn't know it was a wide receiver screen. So I, I in, in his case, he's a rookie. But this is week twelve, and even in a COVID season. You should be up to speed by week 12. So if you want to criticize the coaching staff, go ahead, but criticize them for the right things, not preparing these players, and they're making key mistakes in big spots. Johnny Mac, how about the fact, once again, the offense, week in and week out, it just stalls, it's slow, it's sluggish. Perfect example, right? I mean, the play calling last night left plenty to be desired. First drive of the game, it's a 13-second three and out. Doug opts to go pass three straight times, and Seattle gives Philadelphia a first and five to begin the game. You would think at least try to, right there, establish the run, set the tone a little bit. I mean... Why is it that this team's offense every week is slow out of the gate? Now, again, you can talk about execution. We can talk about the talent. But doesn't that also fall on the head coach to make sure these guys, and I hate to say this, are put in a position to to, to make uh, the plays and to capitalize? It's just for the life of me. This is now bridged from last year into this year. Well, yeah, I mean, you brought up all the reasons. Uh, it, it is everything put together. The quarterback is inaccurate. He's got bad mechanics. He's lost his confidence. The receivers get no separation. You know, no fans are there, so they can't see it. But, you know, reporters like me who are there, I mean, these guys get, when I say they get no separation, Rich, it's embarrassing uh, for the vast majority of the game. And when they do, when they finally do, Alshon Jeffrey got loose a little bit in the fourth quarter. Then Carson misses the throw. You talked about the offensive line. Miles Sanders, yeah, he can run the football, but he can't do anything else. He can't pass protect. He's no. a terrible receiver. He's a bad blocker. He might be the most overrated player in the history of professional football. <laughs> Eagles fans. I don't think he's a – well, listen, I, I mean, you're talking about the fans. I think he's talented enough where he warrants more than six touches, six carries. Well, I agree with that. But if you if you, if you you rewind to where they were running the football in Cleveland and running it right down the Browns' throat, what happens? He yep. fumbles inside that's the, a fair the, point. the five-yard line. Uh, so, I, I mean, that's <laughs> one thing, the one thing you can't do. No. If you're a running back in this league, and, and then you put on top of it also, oh, by the way, if you leave him out there, he's going to get the quarterback killed, although some people would uh, validate that with the pass protection. And, and he can't catch the football to the point where Deuce Staley, who criticizes nobody, yeah, that's, that's a very he's going to tighten up his hand. Even Deuce Staley admitted it. Yeah. Yeah, no, listen, that's a great point. Again, Johnny Mac, John McMullen, join us for a couple moments with our uh, 
football uh, on the 20s right here on a Tuesday edition of Back Your Play. You can catch uh, Johnny Mac every night with Ryan Rothstein in the fix. And, of course, Saturday, host of Extending the Play with John McMullen. Rich Quinone is here. Uh, all right, how about defensively last night? Again, they held their own early on. You know, you had some big stops, and, you know, they got pressure on, uh, on Russell Wilson. But, again, just like any great quarterback, you give him some time to throw, and then you got a couple beasts back there as wide receivers who basically were winning some 50-50 balls and just out physical, right? They were just being more physical than some of these corners and their uh, and these uh, safeties. And Slay had a rough go of it. I mean, look, a lot of players will against Metcalf, but it's just amazing. This kid last night, 10 of 177, and he had the big 52-yarder. I mean, 13 targets. He was just chewing up that defense, chewing up that, that secondary, I should say. Yeah, and it was an interesting story because DK's already got his chip chip on the shoulder yep. for the Eagles because he's in that category. He's, like, upset that they uh, passed him over for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And then, evidently, Jim Schwartz went on to him pregame and said uh, he, he basically gave him a compliment and said, you know, he, he coached Calvin Johnson, obviously, and he said, you're the closest thing I've seen to Calvin Johnson since Calvin Johnson, which is a heck of a compliment. But he took it as a slight. I don't know if he understands who Calvin Johnson was or not. He took it as some kind of slight, and he just went off. You know, it's interesting. In the January playoff game, I think he had nine for 160. Yep. And, you know, the Eagles went out and got Darius Slay for this exact reason, yep. and he puts up 10 for 177. I mean, he's tough to deal with. It's interesting. I thought the defense played well enough to win. I mean, basically, Metcalf was the only player that consistently hurt them. And by the way, I thought it would be Lockett because I, I thought it would be Lockett taking advantage of Avante Maddox and Kel Roby Coleman, but they never had to get to that because Metcalf was so good. Overall, though, I mean, that's the most you can expect out of this defense. I When I start assessing blame for this loss, I'm checking a lot of boxes before I get to that defense. No doubt, no doubt. But to go back to Slate, just to highlight, listen, sometimes you get beat on perfect catches, right? Metcalf had that sideline snag early in the fourth. But again, you're making $14 million, right? Took the ill-advised on, on sportsmanlike penalty. I think it was in the first quarter. He really, I think, and again, maybe I'm being too critical, has failed to make significant impacts during games this season. Now, he's still by far their best corner, right? But again, we're, we're talking about that game-breaking defender that they were hoping for, and so far, uh, it just hasn't panned out. I, I want to get, you know, I really want to get your thoughts on this for a couple moments. These reports that came out prior to the game, if Carson was struggling, Lurie basically gave the green light to bench him. You had these other reports of Lurie being frustrated and uh, what was it, missing or not being there, the Browns game, storming off during practice. I mean, are, are we coming down to, and we talked about it a lot during Saturdays on your show, are we starting to come down to, in the next several weeks, it's going to be Jeffrey Lurie in one room, Doug in another, and they're starting to see who gets the dishes, who gets the plates, who gets the dog, who gets the sofa, who gets the TV. Because it seems as though there is just, you know, from an outside, a ton of friction, and it's almost as though, am I the head coach or are you the head coach? Are you going to let me do my job or am I going to have to look over my shoulder? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, this is the first time where I've kind of turned on that, and I'm starting to think this might be it for Doug Peterson. I think there is a frustration. I think there is a belief that, look, I, I got you this championship for the first time since 1960. Let me do my job. And, and he doesn't feel like he can 
um, uh, be free. And I think it started with Mike Rowe. I really do. He wanted to keep Mike Rowe as the offensive coordinator, uh, went up to the podium, said he was keeping him, and then had to reverse course in 24 hours, which makes him look bad, not on top of the fact that he can't pick his own coaches. So I, I do think he's starting to look at the other side of the fence and saying, you know what, the grass is probably greener across the street because another organization will let me pick my own coaches because I have that Lombardi trophy. And he did a little bit of a flex on his Zoom press conference today because he did it from home. And anytime Doug does it from home, he's got the Lombardi trophy right there in the background. I saw you tweeted that. You highlighted it. It, it. it still reminds me of Costanza driving around the parking lot. Yeah, well, I, you know, and, and you and I talk about this all the time, Rich. Nobody thinks about the back end of this. Nope. Okay, let's get rid of Doug Peterson. Are you going to get somebody better to replace him? You know, does Jeffrey Lurie forget about uh, Chip Kelly? This guy's so obsessed, and I wrote about this on Sports Illustrated today, so obsessed with being spun as an innovator. Um, he's like a dog chasing his tail. And, and I say all the time, you know, innovation by definition is new. Not everything new is innovative. He got caught in the snake oil salesman first. You're going to hear names like Lincoln Riley, guys like that. The other side of, of the Eagles fence is not going to be greener. No. I can almost guarantee that. But, but eventually – Heads roll, right? The axe comes down, and it's just a matter yeah, of who's making catches. Not even three years. I, we're, hey, we're not three years. I, listen, I, I know. I get it. I mean, I cannot think of – we talked about this on your show on Saturday. I can't recall a quarterback that's regressed over the last several years. Name me a head now coach that, that won a Super Bowl, and then he was out less than three years later. Well, that that I agree with. I have never seen anything like this Carson Wentz regression. Never. I can't come up with a comp. It is unbelievable. I mean, this guy has been the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. And I'm not talking about backups. You bring up the Ben DiNucci's. I'm talking about real starting quarterbacks. He's been the worst. And you can bring up all those ancillary issues, and they're real. The offensive line injuries, the offensive line giving up sacks. They stink. The receivers stink. Um, I just gave you all the issues with Miles Sanders again and again and again. But that doesn't explain his regression. When receivers are open, he misses them. Uh, when there are opportunities to make plays, you know, Brian Baldinger, everybody should go look at Baldy's Twitter feed. He put up a great clip where one of the issues with Seattle's defense, they never line up correctly. Well, they didn't line up over Jalen Rager. Rager's got his hand raised saying, nobody's covering me. And, and, and Wentz doesn't see it. Quarterback's got to recognize that. And he throws that. into coverage. Yeah. Yeah, it's, listen. I mean, it, it's, the guy's a mess. Yeah, it's, it's, and you're right. And how do you fix it? You know, I said during the opening monologue, this isn't Humpty Dumpty, right? You're not going to be able to glue this back together. I mean, there's, this, there's a... I hate to keep saying it. There's such a disconnect. There's such a. It's they're a broken team right now. And I guess, you know, I, if you're if you're a diehard fan here, and they're sitting at three seven and one, 
And I think it was either Martin Frank or Bobby G that came on the show that said, look, the ceiling is they can make a nice run. The floor is they can lose the rest of their games. Well, they've lost three straight. And oh, by the way, you've got Green Bay, the Saints, the Cardinals, Dallas, and Washington. It's not going to shock me if this team starts making business decisions and they lose four, five, six in a row. No, they already have. They're going to release uh, Will Parks today, uh, who's a veteran player, signed a one-year deal. He's not going to be back next year, so they want to start looking at, at younger safeties. Um, that, that part of the stuff has already started. You saw it with Jordan Mailata, who actually played well, probably uh, the best offensive lineman uh, they had against Seattle. Um, so they're already starting that uh, turn towards evaluation. And, and obviously the biggest thing is quarterback. And, by the way, you can bench Carson Wentz. Nobody can defend Carson Wentz at this point. He's played that poorly. So I'm not going to argue that. If that's the way you want to go, fine. Bench him. Let's see what Jalen Hurts has. The only wrong answer at the quarterback position, um, Rich, is what they're doing now. Both. Yep. No, no bringing in one guy for a play here, play there. Pick one guy Stick with and it. play him. Yep. Kit, you, listen, you have two goalies in hockey. What does that mean? You don't have a starting netminder. I mean, that's just – Exactly. Uh, uh, we'll close with this. So you believe if this thing, which continues to unravel, can you foresee a, situa- a situation where Doug gets so beside himself where he's like, you know what, there's going to be openings around the league. I, I don't need this anymore. I, I just don't. And resigns? Or do, what's more – what, what What is more uh, feasible? He resigns or he gets fired or none of the above. He's the head coach next year. I, I think everything's on the table. I think everything is feasible. I think he's frustrated. I think he will look. And, and to me, it doesn't matter. Resign, fire. Again, uh, he's going to be unemployed for, for a half hour. I mean, somebody's going to bring him in to be a coach. He understands that. He realizes that. So I think he's weighing that right now. It's like, do I want to go uh, away from this particular situation? Uh, or is he, does he want to show loyalty to this organization? And he has tremendous loyalty uh, for this organization. He was a player here. He was an assistant coach. And they gave him the chance to be a head coach. So don't I, I won't downplay that part of it, but I, I do think he's getting frustrated Um with with people sticking their nose in the things they shouldn't be sticking their nose into. <laughs> I'm telling you, every segment with you, I can probably throw you three or four. I'm starting to think Carson Wentz. Remember the episode where Jerry was dating the girl who was a two face? <laughs> oh yeah, two face on the porch. <laughs> Johnny, Matt. hey, that good that, that, that good lighting is underrated. Rick. <laughs> you know, you're you're. You're attractive. You know, you're a TV guy. No, I good lighting for the rest of us. Good lighting is important. <laughs> I will uh, we'll tune you in tonight with Ryan, and then uh, we'll be back in a saddle Saturday morning, pal. I always appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. All right. He's the best in the biz, Johnny Mac, Johnny McMullen. Yeah, everything goes back to Seinfeld. All right. Quickie timeout. We'll uh, 